This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Boomer and Carton warm-up show with Alan Jerry. It's just like Boomer and Carton without Boomer or Carton. Good luck with that. And Boomer and Carton coming up for a football Friday in 15 minutes or so. Good morning, Al. Oh, hi, Jerry. So last night, the Yankees honored David Ortiz. And I'm not going to lie. I actually went to the television at 630 because I wanted to see how he would be received, what it would be like. And my first thought was the weather's miserable. There's going to be nobody there. And for a short time, I thought that was the case, and then they panned back, and there were people there. A lot of people wearing red. Yeah, lots of Red Sox fans. What did you think about? I thought the Yankees handled it perfectly. Nothing over the top, although I will say, when I saw them present him with a book, I was a, like, a book. A book is the worst gift you could purchase somebody. It was, well, they made it. So Okay. It wasn't like. Well, uh, what's in it? So what was in it was little stories and little uh, notes from different Yankees through the years. Like David right. Cohen, who presented him. I think he presented him with a book. Yeah, it was him that presented the book. He wrote something in it. In a book. Uh, so John like Flaherty a, wrote something. It's like in a it. yearbook from high school. Uh, something like that. Like John Flaherty of, wrote something in it? Well, yeah. I mean, he was a Yankee. Oh, works, legendary Yankee John yes. Flaherty, sure. Yeah, well, I know. <laughs> he's a very good broadcaster, too. He is, yes. And he works for yes. So it makes, I'm sure, Mariano and Jeter, I'm sure they wrote things in there. People always think if you give the gift of a leather-bound book, like that's something Well, that's special. what it was. Leather-bound. And they they made some sort of a, of a graphic that combined the Yankee symbol with the red side. You couldn't really see it I think it, it was TV, a Yankee though. logo and the David Ortiz, I think, has his own logo. Okay, so that's so what it was. So it was like a combo of the Yankee David Ortiz logo. Got it. So a book is a terrible gift. The second worst gift you could get someone is a painting. See, And they got them both. All right, interesting you say that because when Mariano came out to unveil it with him, my first thought is... A painting. Right. But then they showed the painting, and I actually thought it was pretty awesome. Where, he's going to hang that in his in his home? No idea. A painting it's the of himself? that matters, Al. And I loved Paul Olden was doing the voiceover yes. for everything. And like, he wasn't paying attention to any of it. Describing every gift. This is a leather-bound <laughs> book. <laughs> now, how much How much do you think the painting costs? I was trying to figure Very out. Very expensive. Is that $500, $5,000, or $50,000? $50,000. Really? To commission a, a painting? They had to pick somebody... Who thinks they're like a well, real painter? Paul Olden made it sound like he was some famous painter, which I wouldn't right. know. Fifty thousand, come on, to get so, a painting commission, Jerry. But you know what? I think the Orioles got it right then. Yeah, broken phone case and a, and a video. I would have been like if I was David Ortiz. I would love an iPad. Like, give me a gift, like a cool gift, an iPad, the <laughs> Apple Watch, something he cool. Doesn't have an iPad. Yeah, I mean, something that's just like. No, no. Gift card to my favorite restaurant. Something. 
that yeah. I could use. Listen, I think the Yankees did the right thing. They honored him. They kind of, I guess they felt obligated to do it, but they didn't go over the top with the gifts. And I thought all the Yankee fans were going to moon him, which is what I tuned there in There were no for. Yankee fans there. Oh, they weren't even in the building. It was <laughs> it, mostly Red let Sox. Let me tell you, it didn't. I know we're being funny with that, but it certainly felt like it was a Red Sox home game. The amount of people in red jackets, and they even re- referenced that on TV, and even John Sterling and Susan the other night referenced uh, what was the last night? The Wednesday night game. Susan was referencing how many Red Sox fans were in the building, which you understand, I guess. And last night too. Um, but it's what it is. I also love to see players' wives. So I always like like they they let him his wife come his onto kids, the field yeah, yeah. and his kids. I always love to see that. And then I like to see if the kids look like a combination of the husband. That wife. interests you, huh? Yeah, that that's mainly what I was looking at while they were unveiling a painting. Why? Because I just like to see how nature works. How nature yeah, works. Like, wow, that really looks like David Ortiz or got it. Or the son really looks like the wife. So you're thinking when and if you have a child, will it look like me? Yeah, like even when I see you and your wife and children, I'll eyeball all of you and say, this, hmm, this, they have Jerry's nose that but his wife's eyes. She clearly had those kids with someone else. <laughs> <laughs> that kid looks nothing like Jerry. Exactly. Uh, last night, so you had the Mets and Phillies tonight. And there are possibilities they could clinch a playoff spot tonight if things break right for them. Uh, last night did not help them, though, with the game in St. Louis. I'm not sure if you saw the ending of this, but Yadier Molina... Uh, comes up with two out, man on first base, hits a line drive that's that hops over the wall in left field, hits the Missouri lottery sign, comes back onto the field, and whoever was on first comes all the way around to score, game-winning run. Uh, Cardinals beat the Reds 4-3. Replay would show that the ball hit the sign, should have been a ground rule double, and the Reds did not, Brian Price is the manager, he did not challenge it. Part of the reason he didn't challenge it was there's apparently this 10-second rule when it's a game-ending play. And he said... They have guys upstairs that look on replay, and they will buzz down on the phone if something should be checked. And in his case, they couldn't hear the phone because Bush Stadium was going nuts and it was so loud, and it was probably 20 or 30 seconds before they realized the ball hit the wall. Now, we had this with the Mets about, what was it, a month ago or so with Terry Collins where he didn't challenge a play at first base. And I remember saying to you, why not challenge it? It's a close play. Right but at I, the end of the game. Right. But then I also said after looking at the replay, he's out. So are we going to just challenge every final play of a game just for poops and giggles? And in last night's case, you could say, well, why not challenge a game-ending play? But it's the same thing as he described. He's like, I'm in a sunken dugout. The play is 400 feet from me, and there are four umpires on the field. It never even crossed his mind that the ball hit off the, the wall behind the fence. Now, is it the responsibility of the left fielder to know that in that stadium that's a ground rule double? Well, I think... I think across the board, if a ball hops over the fence and hits something behind the fence and comes back on, that is a ground rule double. In but like every the Green stadium. Monster has got advertising all over it. You don't know what's advertising that's on a, a wall in play and well, what's you're advertising. About, you're talking specifically about center field. It's not the Green Monster. If the ball hits the Green Monster, the ball's in play. In Fenway, in center field, there's that weird shape to where the fence jetties out. You're right about that. No, I'm just saying that in general, these baseball players, because that was a guy on the Reds. How often is he playing? Adam Duvall, Bush Stadium. Um, well, so does he? He has times. to know the rules for every dopey ballpark has their own rules. So you're right. In another stadium, a ball off no. the scoreboard is not. A but ground it, rule but you're missing the point. A ball All that right. hops over the fence and hits something behind the fence and comes back on in every stadium is a ground rule double. You're talking about different uh, configurations of stadiums like the Fenway thing in center. In terms of St. Louis, 
or any ballpark, City Field, ball takes a high hop off the wall and hits something and comes back. It's a ground rule double. You're right. Adam Duvall probably could have signaled the ball hit off the back wall. He didn't. He played it straight trying to get the guy out at home. I don't know that I put that on him. I just think it's unfortunate. He maybe just wanted to go home. Their season is long over. I suppose you could make the he's case like, he just, just let's get out wanted here. to go home. I guess that's possible. Yeah, he's I, like, let's get out of here. And then Eddie telling me that 10-second rule, that's in general you have 10 seconds too. Well, he, Eddie says at the end of the game, you have to do it immediately. You don't even have 10 seconds no, no, to decide. No, wrong. You have 10 seconds oh, like to decide game-ending play. That is the major league rule. The difference is during the course of a game, nothing. there's no rush. There, the umpires aren't getting off the field. There's no celebration. He said he went and found the umpires and like, can't do anything about it now. If that happens in the third inning, well, what's going on? You, you can always delay. You can, you know, they don't pitch the ball in 10 seconds. So you've got more time. Yeah, the umps took off too, right, Jerry? Right at the end of yep. the game, they're like, "Sue!" They went right into the uh, umpire booth, basically. Yeah, and they, they just were, were like, "I'm out of here." Did you see? I know you're going to be locked into the Ryder Cup uh, this weekend. The Ryder Cup. That's uh, sailing or golf. That's golf. That's a golf one, all right. Yes. Yeah, so I don't America's know. America's Cup this. is sailing. I guess I don't know sailing. Sure is. Uh, but I do know the Ryder Cup starts. It's in Minnesota at Hazeltine, and I don't know if you saw this story. I think you did because I. Th- think I saw it on the show. It's on my sheet. list, Jerry. So yesterday, uh, the guys are they're putting on the practice screen. The pro guys? Yes. Henrik Stenson's there. Rory McElroy is there. And I think Justin Rose was another one. And the, they're not. There's one specific putt that they were trying to make that they just couldn't make. And so there's one specific guy. His name is David Johnson, I think, who was heckling the hell out of them. To where the he was golfers, yelling like Baba Booey at them yes, and things. And other people were heckling too, to where the golfers basically turn around and say, if anybody else thinks they can make the putt, come on out. So he raises his hand. McElroy videos the putt, and I'll, I'll just give you 12 seconds. Here's how it sounded. Home soil, right? <laughs> so obviously, by the roar of the crowd, you can tell that he makes it. And then what's pretty cool, too, USA Today actually caught up with him afterwards. Stenson put $100 down right next to the ball to just kind of up the ante. And uh, they asked him how he made the putt. I closed my eyes, swallowed my puke, and hit the putt, and it happened to go in. (laughs) So that was cool. Do you you think this is going to go to other sports, Jerry? Like Ryan Fitzpatrick throws six picks, some guy yells he sucks, and they go, you think you can get under center? They should do that at training camp. That That would be awesome. I'd do it in a game. Right. So they're having trouble in a training camp practice. They should if people are hanging. Hey, sport, you think you can do it better? Let's go. And put them in the speed of the game. That would be great. Right. You think you could hit Brandon Marshall on a slant pass? Get down here and do it. I think that would actually be awesome. So I thought that was pretty cool. And then the Ryder Cup, again, I know you'll be locked in today. Starts in Minnesota uh, later this afternoon. So this guy might get endorsements now as a golf endorsement. I don't endorsement. think so. Oh, I, you don't I, think? I don't think so. I oh. don't think it's possible. And, and well, The one quickie that was funny, though, the reporter's like, and how do you spell your last name? He's like, uh, Johnson? Johnson. <laughs> like, you really don't know how to spell Johnson? Right. <laughs> do we have funny. time for my Jesse Decker story, Jerry? Uh, that or you want to hold it? I'll hold it. All right, so quick break. And we'll this- be back in a moment with a story about Jesse James Decker. It's the Boomer and Carton warm-up show with Alan Jerry. It's the shortest show on WFAN. All right, just quickly, Yankees beat the Red Sox 5-1, but they were eliminated from the postseason because Baltimore beat Toronto. you got the Mets in Philadelphia this week. Quickly, we got 30 seconds. I know you've got a story you'd like to share. Yes, Jesse Decker... Eric's wife says that uh, they schedule sexy time, Jerry. She'll send a text saying, babe, it's on when that's the night. 
Do you schedule time like that? Dates with your wife, Do we Jerry? schedule it? No. Like scheduled dates? No. Date night? It's more a matter of taking advantage of opportunity. What does that mean? It means when you see an opportunity, kids, you man. take it. Exactly. Yeah, so when you have kids, how does that... I would never know how that would work. Creativity. That's the only thing I could say. It's a lot of pressure. Especially when the kids are now... Well, at least one of them is going to be 12. It's Football Friday on the Fan. We'll preview all of the weekend's games, including Jets Seahawks. Plus, Giants head coach Ben McAdoo will be on at 4.30 to talk about Monday night's Giants-Vikings matchup. All this plus pro picks. Carl Banks with Beningo and Roberts in the 11 a.m. hour. And Gary Danielson later this afternoon to talk college football. Exclusively on your flagship station for Giants football and the NFL. The Fan. Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN and WFAN FM, New York.